You're listening to End of the Line on WRIR 97.3 FM Richmond. End of the Line is an ongoing podcast about the pipeline struggles in Virginia and the Mid-Atlantic. I'm Whitney Whiting. In our last episode, David Sly defined for us the concept of a watershed as it relates to water quality. That is an area in which all the water that falls on that area is going to end up flowing out at one particular point. Everything that happens on that landscape can affect that stream or the number of streams that flow through it. But there's another definition for watershed. It's also a term used to signify a crucial dividing line or factor, an event or period marking a turning point in a course of action or state of affairs. This past week, people from across the state attended four full days of State Water Control Board meetings to decide the fate of the Mountain Valley and Atlantic Coast pipelines. Though the meetings were long, though the process was frustrating, and the outcome of the votes confusing, opponents of these two pipelines experienced watershed moments of action and unity, moments that marked a turning point in this three-and-a-half-year-long struggle, from which there is no going back. It began with the Water is Life rally on Saturday, December 2nd, where nearly a thousand people from across the state, fighting both pipelines, came together to celebrate ahead of the upcoming State Water Control Board meetings. And now with the threat of a 42-inch natural gas transmission pipeline plowing through the watershed of Bent Mountain, my respect for the power of healthy water has deepened. This 42-inch behemoth that twists its way across the steep slopes of Bent Mountain would cross many waterways, farms, and homes. And I say would because there is no way that it will. We spoke to Jill Averett of Nelson County at the rally in downtown Richmond about the upcoming meetings and what she was expecting from the members of the board. It's a really, really big deal. You know, with 20,000 comments, I think that's how many the the DEQ received from citizens. That's a lot of of voices to be heard. The State Water Control Board citizens are going to do the right thing. They're going to reject the, the recommendation from the DEQ, and they're going to say no, because they're going to hear all of us. They're going to hear us today. They're going to hear us on the day. And, and they've been sent letters and comments, and there's no way they, they, can, they can do this. They won't, it won't happen. The first set of meetings took place on December 6th for the Mountain Valley Pipeline, which would cross hundreds of miles of steep slopes, Tier 3 streams, and blast through fragile karst terrain, potentially disrupting hundreds of private wells and water supplies. Ernie Reed, we are in Richmond at the State Water Control Board hearings for the Mountain Valley Pipeline. Good morning. I'm calling the meeting of the State Water Control Board for December 6th to order. 
The first day saw nearly seven hours of commentary from landowners, soil scientists, hydrologists, and former employees of the DEQ. I am Bob Johnson. I live in Roanoke County, Virginia. I worked for over 25 years at DEQ, where I was a senior environmental engineer. The MVP will cause water quality violations, even when the most stringent water protection criteria are applied. And to suggest otherwise, as DEQ does in attachment C8 of the RTC, is dishonest. There's no other way to put it. The vast majority voiced their opposition to the certification, citing a multitude lack of key reports and details to back up the assertion that water quality standards would be met. Mount Valley Pipeline, still you have to identify our spring. Uh, they start blasting if our water goes away. Um, they tell me they can fix that. They don't need to be careful of them saying they can fix this and that. But that's what they're telling us. This is Tier 3 Bottom Creek, a designated exceptional state water. It is exceptional for its aquatic communities, scenic beauty, and recreational opportunities. And it is bordered by a 1,700 acre nature conservancy preserve. The problem? Tier 3 Bottom Creek is within three miles of the MVP corridor. It's the only tier three stream downstream from the pipeline. The right-of-way covers 6.2 miles through its watershed, crossing water bodies 36 times and wetlands 44 times. That's 80 crossings, an average of one every 409 feet. Reasonable assurance has been said many times. I don't know whose definition of reason this is based on, but I certainly do not feel assured right now. And so we're counting on y'all to do what's right and to not deny this permit if you see fit that it's not going to help us keep our water. Just given the variety and the diversity and the uh, weight and the content of all their comments, it seems pretty clear that uh, uh, no one sitting on the State Water Control Board in their right mind could say this is a good thing that should go forward. The next day, the board convened again, this time to hear testimony from the DEQ and ask questions about their staff recommendations. After a lengthy legal counsel from the state attorney general's office, one member of the board, Robert Wayland, raised concern over not reserving the board's full authority to take future action on stream crossings. Mr. Chairman, I have some real difficulty concluding that there's reasonable assurance that water quality standards be maintained with the certification that um, reads as the one. Mr. Wayland went on to say that he had even more difficulty with the DEQ's reliance on an Army Corps nationwide Permit 12, a federal permit which is yet to be issued. He said, quote, I really think that's a bridge too far. 
Nissa Dean, another board member, raised her hand to agree. Mr. Chairman, I, I would like to just take a minute to also voice my support for what um, my board colleague is saying here, especially the board took a 20-minute break to come up with new amendments. While in the audience, pipeline opposition struggled to piece together what exactly was happening. So they're debating over whether there's a need to clarify a reservation of authority. For later on. Yes. They would somehow reserve the right to issue or, or to process an individual Section 401 certification for the activities that the Corps would cover under the Nationwide 12. How, how would that happen? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how would they bring it up again to do that? Procedurally, I don't know how it would work. This is a whole new... There's no precedent for this? You know, the bottom line is, is that they're not prepared to make a decision, and they shouldn't be. That's they shouldn't be clear. making a decision That's that they're not clear. prepared to make. Even to the non-lawyers in the group. In the end, Mr. Wayland explained that his most important concern was that he didn't want there to be a conclusion that they, the board, had waived jurisdiction over evaluation of water impacts to stream crossings and other areas. Language to the original recommendation was agreed upon by DEQ. The board motioned for a vote and within minutes, the decision had been made, resulting in confusion and frustration amongst members of the audience. David Sly, former employee of the DEQ and currently Conservation Director of Wild Virginia, offered more thoughts after the vote was over. The obvious confusion and the concern that was shown in making this last-minute revision amendment showed that board members were really concerned about the possible impacts to water body crossings. That's an important admission on their part, that they knew they were not protecting everything, and uh, an attempt to, to try to look ahead and, and do something about that. We don't know how that's going to work. There's, there's no reason that the board could not have denied this and allowed MVP to submit a new application that contained uh, the results of these future uh, regulatory reviews. And coming up on Monday and Tuesday, Atlantic Coast Pipeline, will the same, will all of you be there for that as well, or some of you? I believe most of these organizations will be represented there, yes. And you expect the same outcome? I would say the applications are very similar and the DEQ's recommendation is very similar. Um. We have stayed and delayed this pipeline. We will stand strong. Yeah. We will stand in solidarity. Yeah. We will defeat these pipelines. If you're just tuning in, you're catching End of the Line, an ongoing podcast about the pipeline struggles in Virginia and the Mid-Atlantic. Catch all of our past episodes at soundcloud.com slash pipeline podcast. This is episode 11, and what you're about to hear in this second half is a chorus of voice, 
creating the conditions for courage, both for themselves and those around them. I know a lot of us were here uh, last week um, and we're back again, or if this is your first time here. After the confusing and disappointing outcome of the Mountain Valley hearings the previous week, pipeline fighters arrived back at the State Water Control Board meetings en masse for the hearings on the Atlantic Coast pipeline. They arrived early enough to be some of the first in line to sign up to speak. But rather than sit quietly waiting for the meeting to begin, they instead filed outside 15 minutes before the start to talk about how the next two days might unfold. We just wanted to take a moment um, to feel our power and feel our unity and appreciate all the work that's been done to get us here and all the work that's going to follow. Within minutes of the group beginning the huddle, a small plane started to circle over the area. Given the heavy police presence during the first two meetings, some people speculated whether it was surveillance. The plane continued to circle over us for the next 20 minutes as we stood in the church parking lot. Um, I want everybody to realize that um, there are a lot of people here today who want to keep us quiet, and we're not going to be quiet. Right on. Share your voices, stand up, speak out. Be polite. Be polite. But it is your voice that needs to be heard today. Make it heard. Shout it out if you need to. Yeah. 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 Uh, based on what we saw last week, for, for us, we feel that it is certain that they will approve this pipeline. If you have hope right now, it's okay to hold on to that. But know that we are also here with you, holding on to the knowledge of uh, corruption and the things that happen in the state, and we are prepared to be with you in the things that will come. And we have a shared stake with you in this fight, and we love you. Watch the time. Watch the time. I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I will say, this is not just a symbolic gesture for us. We think that if we can continue to regroup, we're going to be here for two long days, and many of us will be. If we can continue to regroup, come together, generate a shared perception of what's happening, what we think we can do together, what it means, I think we will be much more powerful and strong and, and dignified uh, in these next two days together. So we are proposing that this is a space that we can continue to return to, right now obviously, but also if there's a break on the inside, Four during, minutes. during lunch, etc. Um, we want to come together to caucus, to group up, to talk with each other, and to find out what we can do with each other. Um, do y'all feel me on that? With the outcome of the MVP vote fresh in their memory, and the feeling that there was nothing more to lose, pipeline opponents took a different approach this time around. They got rowdy. I showed up at 7.30 this morning. There were seven to eight people in line. Not one of them was a pro-pipeline person. And so whatever has happened here this morning about mixing them in misrepresents what the public's obligation was Sacrifice. You're going to hear hundreds of people talk to you today about facts, 
but I'm here to talk to you about four principles, which I hope will help focus the lens through which you listen to all of those facts today. So let's start with the elephant in the room. This board exists quite specifically to create a separation between the agencies of government who are subject to political influence and corruption and the rights and protections of citizens. Yes! Continued into the night, 
with heated moments of escalation. The next morning, pipeline fighters circled up again. I would like to say that we used our power yesterday in that room. Yes, Woo! we did. And it was obvious, and we held power to our advantage. And there aren't going to be as many of us today because lots of people traveled long distances, yeah. left their farms and their homes, and, and so it's going to be us instead of them here with us. So keep them in our hearts and still use our power. The day of the vote saw even more moments of escalation amongst the crowd as members of the opposition took advantage of opportunities to push back against the process. We have approved them. We are in the process of reviewing those plans. And again, we have never done this for a pipeline before. We have never just rolled up our sleeves and the area of crossing must be returned to pre-construction conditions. Under the, um, the Norfolk District regional conditions, um, what they have provided, we haven't finalized those determinations, but that's part of the conversation that we have been engaged in with the plan approval. What is actually final that you know? Where are these plans? And then, with an increasingly heavy police presence as the vote drew near, board member Roberta Kellum unexpectedly interrupted the DEQ staff to make a motion. As we all know, when it comes to protecting water quality standards, the devil is in the details. I move that we defer action on this application today until another day. But Ms. Kellum's motion was tabled and later replaced with another motion, and the public's frustration mounted as the board wavered between which motion they would actually vote on. The room reached a boiling point when board member Tim Hayes chastised members of the public for being too young to understand the complexities of the issue at hand. And I'm sorry if some of you all don't Let me tell you something. If we get what's on that screen, 
we'll have something we never dreamed of, and it will be powerful. We need to make it work. What, what is the consequence of the amendment? What is the opportunity? The amendment just says that they have to report to the public. It doesn't say anything about. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm wondering. Like, where, are we going to be back in this exact yeah. same position? And uh, when? And what does that mean? What does that mean to the board voted four to three in favor of the amended permit, which as written is effective only upon DEQ's approval of appropriately protective plans for erosion and sediment control, karst mitigation, and stormwater management. The board today acknowledged what we had been saying all along, that this process was flawed, that they can't in good faith make a final decision without all the information. But at the same time, the overall vote means that Dominion does not have an effective certification today. Some members of the opposition found themselves asking the same questions that came up after the vote for the MVP. What is the process by which the DEQ and State Water Control Board would return to the plans if they are not adequate? And how do we, the public, get to interact with that? It is unclear the mechanisms by which approvals will be given, things will be brought back before the Water Control Board, and what they will do at that point. But I can assure you that we citizens who have been involved all along will be insisting that that continuation of the project be thorough, be open, and that a decision not be made again until we have all the proper information. And do you think it's the efforts of people like you and the opponents who brought them to this point or had them change it at the last minute? I think there's no question. I think the, the, the broad range of people who have been letting their voice heard, everybody from the landowners to the, to the activist groups, to the, to the students, to everybody, the collective effort is what has mattered. Um, we have never seen this kind of uprising of people in this state on an environmental issue. I've been working on these issues for over 35 years and I have never seen this kind of effort. I've never seen this kind of unity. And that is important and I think they recognize this. More to come in the next episode of End of the Line. We are going to stop this. I don't know how long it's going to take and what the fight's going to look like, but um, we're well in it and we're not giving up. 